Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ. Call Cheryl now with your questions about gardening or landscaping at 512 836 0590, pound 590 on your wireless, or toll free 1 877 590 KLBJ. Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Austin Gardener on News Radio 590 KLBJ. I'm Cheryl McLaughlin, as you heard, and we are here to discuss your landscape garden issues. Whatever y'all want to talk about, it's fine with me. Uh, Just beautiful outside, a little cool, which is, you know, I'm not going to complain about that right now. Uh, Great weather for sitting out on the deck and uh, just enjoy the fall. Watch everything falling. All the leaves are falling. My cherry trees lost just about every leaf, and that went fast. But, boy, did it give me some pretty color. And the red oaks are just outstanding this year. I didn't know what was going to happen after all that freezing. I mean, uh, all the drought. Uh, but, man, good color. Uh, if y'all want to join the show, 512-836-0590. That is the call or text number. And we have the toll-free line. If you need that, it's 877-590-5525. So, again, 512-836-0590. Call or text. So uh, I guess most of the uh, stuff Jeff was talking about was the potential freeze uh, tonight, barely, barely, barely. I mean, it's, I'm looking at the Weather Channel. They're saying uh, 36 in Austin, 34 in Georgetown. But outlying areas could get a little freeze. This isn't going to hurt almost anything. Uh, it just helps get stuff going towards dormancy which is what we want to do this time of year we do not want to push our plants into the winter right that goes for trees shrubs everything you can think of we just need them to quietly and naturally uh, head into dormancy so unless you're talking about house plants you don't want to be pushing fertilizing uh, stuff this time of year uh, it just needs to to, you know to to do naturally and maybe we'll get some rain this week i hope we do we sure need it but always remember if we're going to get a freeze a really hard freeze especially and we don't have water with it no rain with it then you need to kind of water uh things in so that the ground acts as a, an insulator when it's moist uh, so that's always a good idea including as I heard him talking about large containers, you know, and keeping the roots moist. That's the key. You know, keep the roots alive. Um, and we also, we do not cut our evergreens this time of year because that promotes new growth. I always like to wait. When we get to this point in the year, you want to wait until um, the end of winter to start cutting back your evergreens if you need to. With the exception of early spring bloomers. Like, don't cut off all your mountain laurel blooms, right? Because they're setting, they've been setting uh, those little funny appendages uh, that, you know, little squiggly things are the bloom buds for next spring. And every landscaper that doesn't know what they're doing goes in and trims those right off the mountain laurels. So, drives me crazy. I can't stand it when I see that happen. Uh, other early spring bloomers uh, 
you know, the early uh, roses, things like that. You want to leave those alone and trim them after they're done blooming. Okay, 512-836-0590. That's the call or text number. And then we have the 877-590-5525 number. So listen, I was sitting out on the deck the other night, late, you know, probably 11 o'clock at night. It was pitched pitch black and I have what's left in my big red oak the main the one of the main trunks is still uh you know raises up above the deck and I'm sitting there and I hear a small animal in distress right like e e e that kind of thing then I hear this rustling and something comes up on the branch I can't see it but I can see a dark blob about this it looked to be about the size of a big raccoon but i could not i didn't have light i couldn't figure out what it was but listen here it was growling like i've never heard anything growl like that that is a a predator that climbs trees now i've heard you know i've i've had all kind of animals in the forest around me but i have never had anything growl like that that was a treetop predator would anybody have any idea about what that was i mean it was growling like like that and then meanwhile of course the little victim is eeing and i just it scared me because i thought it was fixing to come jump on the deck right where i was so i stood up and yelled and it ran down a tree and took off. But dang, it was scary. And I mean, all the years I've lived there, over 30-something years, and I have never heard anything growl like that up in the top of a tree. Um, so I'd appreciate any ideas about what that might have been. Again, I couldn't really see it. All I could see was this big, black, blobby-looking thing. Um you know, I thought, well, could that be a ringtail cat? So we looked that up and looked at the sounds that it made. Nope, it just goes click, click, click or something like that. I, it did not indicate that it was a growler. I don't know if that could have been a coon. Uh, but if it was, I, I, I'm shocked because I've just never heard one make that noise. But I guess they could have. Imagine it got a little squirrel or something out of a nest. I I couldn't see that one either, of course. Uh, A fox. Oh. Oh, a fox. Really? They can climb up. I mean, we're talking a second level up off the ground, probably 15 feet, maybe 15 feet, 12, 15 feet. I'll be dead gum. Well, I've certainly seen foxes around my house, so maybe that is what it was. Oh, here's another helpful one. Uh, It says, uh, let's see. Well, these are a couple of of texts from the same person. So, hey, Cheryl, a friend of ours has a spectacular flame leaf sumac. She said we could take a cutting and propagate it to see if we get similar color. Any experience with that? Is there a good chance we'd be successful thank you for your show and your thoughts i will address that after the break um but i primarily grew them from seed when i was growing them so 
but I'll tell you if you want to try a cutting how to do it. Let's get that first break done, and we'll be back right after this. Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ, 590 AM and 99.7 FM. Okay, 512-836-0590, call or text. Uh, Let's talk about propagating the uh, flame leaf sumac as requested. Um, Pretty much you can propagate a lot of things after they put on the first flush of new growth in the spring. Um, And you watch that new growth, and as it starts to get streaky brown lines in it, before it turns totally woody, that's typically a time when you can do a cutting from a plant. Um, and what you want to do is is cut right below a node with that wood above it, right? You can take like a six-inch cutting, um, strip off all the leaves, but maybe two at the little end of the branch, dip it in water, rooting hormone powder, and then stick it in a loosely drained um, starter mix for cutting propagation. Um, And then if you're lucky, uh, it will start to root in. You gently tug on it after a week or two. If you can meet resistance with the slight tug, that means it's rooting in well. And then what you can do is um, after it puts on about two or three sets of leaves, then you can transplant it into a larger, you know, pot. They grow fast. So if you're successful, you might want to go, you know, from like a four-inch size pot on up to a one-gallon pot. But remember, there's good information on how to do this from Jill Noakes' book, How to Grow Native Texas Plants. Um, the seeds get ripe. Uh you know, they, they stay on. Birds eat them and stuff, of course. So they kind of need to be acid-treated or somewhat scarified. So if you want to try it from seed, you got to uh, scratch the seed with something rough. Somebody suggested a sandpaper box the other day, which I thought was brilliant. Um, I used acid because I was growing lots of them. Acid-treated the seeds, and then they were ready to germinate. But you can maybe rub them between two pieces. Uh, pieces of uh, sandpaper or something like that. You can get a lot of plants from a few, you know, just they put on lots of berries. So, but that's what I would try to do. And the same texture commented, and yes, raccoons growl in our yard like a wild dog or cat. Uh, It's weird, but they do it when they fight and we get it often. Yep, that's what it sounded like. All right. Now here's another one that says bobcat. Well, if it was a bobcat, I would love it to see a bobcat in my yard. I know I see that next door people put up bobcat pictures all the time. I've never seen one in my yard. It would have had to be a little baby bobcat, but I guess that's not out of the realm of possibility. Uh, Here's another text that says chupacabra. Well, of course, that was my first thought. but I, I, I get, didn't get a good uh, view of it. But, yeah, probably was a chupacabra. Uh, here's another text. Raccoons definitely growl like that. We got another chupacabra suggestion again. Thank you. Um, and we got a couple more texts we'll get to. But we got a caller online. 
And if you guys want to join in, 512-836-0590, call or text that number. Hello, Don and Westlake. How you doing? I'm good. How about you? Good, good, good. Now I'm thinking that must have been a raccoon that was up on my porch. Either that or the chupacabra, which was the second, you know, recommendation. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> well, I'm wondering about a couple things. So uh, my blue bonnet's already coming up. Cool. And I'm wondering, uh, will they be okay through the winter if we have a freeze and all that? or mm-hmm. just gotta No, you just leave them alone. They, you know, you can find pictures of blue bonnets with snow all over them and stuff. Um, that's what they like. So they're up. They're going to continue to develop that little rosette all through the winter and uh-huh. get get ready to bloom in the spring. I'm so proud of you for getting them up. Well, thank you. And along those same lines, I've still got five pounds of seeds that I want to distribute. And I've got kind of some uh, wild areas that I want to put them out in. Would this be a good time to do that? It's getting late, uh, but it depends what kind of seeds are they. Are they all mixes or? No, they're all blue bonnets. Oh, yeah. Well, it's too late to, I would say, germinate the seeds of blue bonnets now. We would yeah. have, I would have said put them in like in October, but they'll last forever practically. So you can put them in next fall if you want to, or you could try it starting them. Important work to put them in the spring, I guess. You can, but they're just going to lay there till next fall, and that means some well, of them aren't going to, you know, be okay. there. Things eat them, they wash away, that kind of stuff. I was afraid that was the case, and I procrastinated and didn't do it, so. Well, they can last for so long, though. That's the whole thing about that hard seed coat, right? It's okay. it's meant to last well, through. Yeah, I've already put out five pounds, and that's where all the ones that I've got have come from, but I've meant to put out that other five pounds when it was a good time and it's not so well just hang on to them yeah well that they, they kind of fits in with my last question and that is uh i get a lot of the uh little beggars lice mm-hmm. and uh so i pull those up by hand as much as i can but also want to put down corn gluten and i'm wondering if this is a good time to do that yeah you can do that as long as all the the things you want to have have germinated um you can put down that and it'll last for a good six possibly even eight weeks of seed germination from the less desirable stuff but once your blue bonnets are up and going it's not gonna hurt them good to know that's what i'm wondering great we'll have fun out there appreciate your show thank you (laughs) thank you appreciate your call Okay, 512-836-0590, call or text. Or we do have that toll-free line, which is 877-590-5525. Here's another text. Uh, Raccoons do go into a growl when they're ticked off. I've seen them in different stages of aggravation. My dad and I used to trap them for their hides back in the 70s, and I actually saw one attack another raccoon and their growl is pretty intense no kidding i mean i just had never heard it but it's probably exactly what it was and here's another one that says cheryl i had a similar experience a few years ago and got a flashlight and it was a large raccoon up in a pecan tree eating a squirrel i didn't know that raccoons ate squirrels but they do that's what i figured 
that's what I figured it was, a little squirrel or something, because what else are you going to catch up there? Maybe a bird, but it wasn't a bird. I, I, it was not a bird uh, sound. Um, and somebody sent me a link, sent me a, a YouTube link. Maybe that's for the sound, so I will uh, go to that later. All right, let's go to the phone lines here in just a second once he gets through talking to him. Uh, but 512-836-0590 is uh, the caller text line, and then the 877-590-5525. Yeah, I mean, I know raccoons, they are carnivorous, right? Because don't you hear about them eating chickens and stuff like that? That's what I've heard. Uh, they're mean as a snake if they, or they're not happy. Okay, let's see what Don's got. Dan's got going on in Manchac. Hey, Dan. Howdy, ma'am. How are you? Good, good, good. What's up? It is beautiful outside. Isn't it? Um, all right. So we're so we're in Manchac, and this is a two part two part question. Um, we I bought my wife a apple tree from Tractor Supply like last fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, we planted it over in the side yard. It's, I don't know, 15, 20 feet away from our peach tree, which is established and good. Uh, the little apple tree, it, I mean, I just pulled up and I'm looking at it. And it, it's just kind of pitiful, homely looking. And, you know, this summer, uh, it was so dry. And, you know, I'd, I'd put a, a trip hose on it. And, you know, then I forget for a week or two, and I'm like, man, that thing is dry. I mean, it's still, like, malleable, you mm-hmm. know, but mm-hmm. and, and it had buds on it, like, at one point, but they never actually, the leaves fell off of it early. Mm-hmm. And I, I just don't know anything about apple trees, and I'm like, is it a goner, or... I don't know what to do. To it's not a goner report. if it's still flexible and malleable. But some, yeah, some some apples are better than others. You know which kind it is that y'all got? Uh, I'm walking over there right now. Um, but while, while I'm walking, also on the other side of the yard, uh, we've got oh, it, uh, it used to be a bush. Now it's a tree. I can't tell you what it is. But I found out the hard way that poison ivy has taken over. Underneath that thing. Hey, let me stop you right quick. I'm going to put you on hold. I got to go to do the news. We'll be back. Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ, 590 AM and 99.7 FM. Okay, let us uh, go back to Dan in Manchac about his apple tree. Hey, Dan, thanks for holding. Yes, ma'am. Uh, it was a it was a pink lady, and I, I looked at it, and I, I think it's a goner. Oh yeah. But, so my question: So if we if we replant a new one, when when, what time? Well, you're going to be able to find them um, readily starting in like January if you're looking at a bare root tree. Um, okay. You got to uh, figure which ones are best for your area so you can get the varieties that are recommended by going to AgriLife, A G R I Life. Uh, you're in Travis County, right? Yes, uh, ma'am. AgriLife, Travis County, and then there'll be uh, selections you can choose from. Like there's one called Home Orchards or something like that. And, okay. and they'll give you the recommended varieties because the most successful apples. 
in central Texas are grown on dwarf rootstock for the most part. And um, so you could also, you know, a lot of people go up to Leakey or Medina area. They, they're real good at growing apples up there. And you can uh, frequently buy them, you know, grown up in pots and stuff if you want to just take a right. road trip. But otherwise, you're real close. Maybe work. Yeah, you're close to some, you know, not terribly far from the natural gardener. Uh, and they'll have all the right varieties. Okay. All right. We'll check that out. In in my poison ivy situation, yeah. my, my, my point is I'm, I'm cutting this whole bush, this whole tree down. Mm-hmm. And and it's about a twenty foot circle that um, has the edging all the way around it. You know, years ago, I guess it was a fire bed with viruses and stuff. Yeah, but it's just it's full of poison ivy. Dang! And I, I thought about getting diesel and just lighting it until I'm watching it burn, but I don't know what to do. Oh my God! Do not do that because let me tell you something. If um, there have been fatalities from inhaling burning poison ivy, it will get inside your body. If you inhale it, never, never burn poison ivy. Um, It's it's. uh, 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 I'm so glad you mentioned that because I was just fixing to say that uh, because that's your normal uh, thing you'd expect to do. You know, that'd be my first reaction, right? But yeah, I, I learned a long time ago about that, and there's there's been some um, studies about it, and and some just terrible scenarios from burning and inhaling poison ivy. So it'd be better to just put it in trash bags and get maybe hire somebody that's not allergic to it, or you know get yourself all covered up right. and um, cut it. You could bury it, or you could put it in the course if you bury it it's liable to spring right back up so right um, i mean is there anything i could spray on it that'll well you yeah there's it has to be actively growing for herbicides to work on it and you know i'm not a huge fan of roundup sprayed on the soil um but if you can swipe again when it comes uh, up in the spring if you swipe the Roundup, and they make these long-handled wick applicators, just almost like a, a mop or something, but um, swipe that around uh, over the leaves of them, and it's, it's got to have a surfactant in it. Uh, so get okay. Roundup with surfactant and wick it across there, and you may have to do it more than once, but that is the surefire way to get rid of it. Or, or just... Hire the guys that stop once a week and ask if they can trim the trees. Yeah, or yeah. If they do that, if they if don't, they if some them ahead of time. Yeah, what they're getting into. Yeah, well, if they're not allergic to it, that's good. But you can also, you know, put on big gloves, rubber gloves, and Fine. cover up. Yeah. Well, thank you for your call. Thanks, good luck you to bet. you. All right. Love you. Love you. Love you. Merry thank Christmas. you. Yeah. Same uh-huh. to y'all. Bye bye. Let's go to Waco. Hey Tracy, what's going on up there? Hi, um, I'm just wondering what I can do with a potted bougainvillea. Um, I want to put it in the garage prior mm-hmm. to the freeze, mm-hmm. um, but it's, you know, super huge and lanky and, and all that. I want to trim it back a little bit. How far do you think I could cut it back? Well, you can trim them hard uh, if you want to. What you want to do is just kind of let them go dormant for the winter. Um, and when they are completely dormant and they've lost all their leaves and stuff, 
you want to water them every 10 days or so, just enough to keep the roots alive. And then you can cut back as much as you need to. Okay, so I can't cut it right now because it does still have some leaves and a couple little blooms on it. But it's so big, I... You need I don't to really cut have it. room in the garage for it as it is. Well, you can go ahead and do it now as long as you keep it because, you know, some if it gets happy with that, it'll try to put out a bunch of new growth, right? And that oh, will yeah. be that will be vulnerable. But as long as you can keep it in the garage and keep it from freezing, um, you know, if you have to do it, go ahead and do it. Okay. So I could do a pretty aggressive trimming then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, but again, awesome. if, it, if, it's, if that does prompted to put out a whole bunch of new growth you're going to have to make sure it doesn't freeze right keep that that pot uh moist if we're getting a hard freeze okay right right okay, okay. Yeah. awesome let Thank me know so how much. it works out I, i'd like to hear the result of it even if it, you have to call me in the spring okay i will i'll keep you apprised okay thank you, thank you. Let's go to South Austin for our next call. And if you want to join the show, 512-836-0590. That's a call or text number. Hello, Miss Judy. How are you? Hi, Cheryl. Hey. Um, I don't know if you remember me. You renovated our front yard about 15 years ago. We're the ones with the tortoises in the backyard. Oh, my gosh. And of course <laughs> I remember. Yeah, we've really enjoyed what you did. Um, Last spring and into this uh, early summer, I planted three uh, blue passion vines at the base of some cedar trees in our front yard. And they've grown really well. They're just growing up the tree. They look pretty cool. But they haven't bloomed. And I did a lot of um, hand watering with them. I had to kind of baby them through the summer. And I did some seaweed drenches. Is there anything else that I should do, like, so that they'll start to bloom in the spring? Well, what I would do is watch for the, if they put on any buds in the spring, then go ahead and fertilize them. Use one okay. of those time-release fertilizers that are meant for flowering plants. Just throw you a handful. It could be something related to the uh, cedar, you know, because cedar doesn't let everything grow under it. Uh, but yeah. if they if they've got good foliage and they're not blooming, they either aren't getting any sun, but they're known to be very, uh, you know, uh, shade tolerant. Yeah. Or they're, I mean, are they natives or do you know what they are? I got them at the Barton Springs Nursery. Uh-huh. And um, they they are getting full sun and they're, the foliage looks great. Mm-hmm. Um, I planted one at the base of a crepe myrtle, too. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, they're climbing up the tree. But, but they're I didn't just know not if it blooming was just because the summer was so hard last it could year. Could have been. I don't know for sure what's wrong, but I, again, I, I wouldn't do it right now. But I'd, I'd go ahead and let them go dormant. Sometimes they're evergreen. Just kind of depends whether they get okay. happy. But then, yeah, they haven't lost their leaves. Yeah, don't All push right. them. But in the spring, you can as soon as the freeze danger is over. You go ahead and throw you down some fertilizer and, and see if you can't prompt them to bloom. I will do that. Thank you, Cheryl. You are quite welcome. Thanks for calling KLBJ today. Okay, we got a lot of texts and stuff to get through, but we're running up here on this last break. Donna, I see you there. You'll be the first one, uh, and we'll be right back. 
Welcome to the Austin Gardener with Cheryl McLaughlin on News Radio KLBJ, 590 AM and 99.7 FM. Um, okay, we are back. We're going to go straight to Brenham. Hey, Miss Donna, how are you? Hi. Hi there. Hey. Doing great. Good. What's going on up there? Well, I just found the weirdest thing that, that happened uh, that I found yesterday. I have some irises growing out in a bed in the yard, mm-hmm. out in the yard. Mm-hmm. I found three of them blooming yesterday. <laughs> really? I mean, that is extraordinary. That is unheard of. Yes. And and these are a color that is a very, very pale yellow with just a tint of pink cool. around the edges. Oh, I love Iris so much. Oh. Well, you know, it's some weird stuff's going on, and I guess it was just the the delayed rain, you know, the drought, and then finally yeah. we got some rain because there's a Bradford pear in my neighborhood in full bloom. Now, they don't, oh bloom, in, they don't bloom in the winter. They bloom, yeah, you know. Uh, so yeah, that's that. Well, at least there's something pretty to look at out there. <laughs> I just had I just had to call and tell you. Well, I'm so happy you did. I hope you're doing good. We'll talk oh, again. I hope. <laughs> I am. I am. Thank you. Yes, Have a nice ma'am. holiday. Yes, ma'am. Y'all too. <laughs> bye bye. Okay, Northwest Austin. Hey, Susan. What's up? Hi. Hi. Um, I I need a a screen. Mm-hmm. You'll be south facing. And I was looking at uh, red tip photina and then decided, no, I don't want that. So I've looked at L-O-R-O-P-E-T-A-L-U-M. Loropetalum, one of my favorite plants in the whole wide world. Okay. South-facing, that'll get 10 feet high or so. Mm-hmm. Now, there's several varieties of, of the loropetalum, so just make sure you look on the tag to see that. You know, because there are some dwarf ones yeah, out there. there are some shorter ones. Mm-hmm. I did find a short one that I was going to put on the west side of this patio, but that gets shade, mm-hmm. and these need full sun. Um, where can I find? Where will I find them? And should I, if I find them, can I plant them now, or do I wait till spring? Uh, well, you could do you could do them now. They're evergreens, uh, but you don't right. want to buy little teeny weeny ones and put them in no. now. You know, make sure they're like at least five gallon size. Um, almost all the nurseries will have them now because they're just so popular. Okay. But like, well, I don't know what y'all are near, but you could take a trip out to Hill Country Water Gardens. They probably have them. Shoal Creek's probably got them. Uh, Hill Country didn't have the the big ones. But oh, they didn't. My, well, my other problem is I'm on limestone, and so I I can't put in like a five gallon because I just I've got like five inches of dirt, and then I hit a limestone ledge. So I was thinking, um, sort of out of the box, if I could use like cattle troughs. And uh-huh. plant them in those. Like raised beds. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Just make sure you put drainage down in the bottom. And yeah. You, definitely. You know how to do it. So, but I yeah. Could even take the, I could even take the bottoms out. Yeah, you could. Uh, that wouldn't hurt anything. Just make sure that, again, there's weep holes drilled into the lower sides of the of the troughs. Okay. And that, okay. that'll do you. Yeah. I was going to say, if you can do a raised bed, that'd be the way to go. Yeah, if I can't find those, what about flame leaf euonymus? Uh, I have no personal experience with that. I have looked at them. Um, euonymus in general has some 
health issues with uh okay. you know some some different problems um i probably wouldn't do it if it so was keep me looking for the ones i can't pronounce yeah <laughs> and just spell it out yeah. every time I go. Laura Pedalum. I, I need some. Yeah, da, 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 da. yeah okay, there I got you go. It. <laughs> well, good luck. I hope that works for you. It will. Uh, okay. I will make it work. Okay. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Bye-bye. Okay, I got a bunch of texts to get through. Here's one. Um, I heard a growl on my property in western Travis County this year from a distance. Later found a deer caught in the fence and the lower part of the animal ripped away mountain lions eat deer yep that's probably what happened poor old deer bless his heart um here's a comment um one of the chupacabra people went on to say those cute masked furries when cornered or trapped are a vicious growling snarling tasmanian devil <laughs> yeah they are too i i've had I'd forgotten about this, but when I was probably about four or five years old, my grandfather trapped a, a coon in a cage. I don't know what he was doing. He's probably trying to trap something else. Uh, and that thing was a maniac, scared the dickens out of me. Uh, raccoons only kill the chickens. They don't eat them. They pull the heads off and leave the bodies. Well, that's a that's a waste, huh? Uh, raccoon, oh, let's see here was definitely not a chupacabra. They are only witnessed by highly intoxicated people or someone going through a volatile religious experience. <laughs> I love y'all. Uh, let's see here. Um, these small citrus trees, I've never trimmed them. The photo with my hand is tall. Uh, and falls over without support. Should I trim now, uh, and should I put them in a bigger pot? The plumeria, what is the best way to protect it over the winter? Uh, plumeria, you can just lay it in the garage. Uh, you can pull it out of the pot and bare root it, or if, it just, if you want to, just stick it in uh, the pot, in the garage, rather. Um, and as far as the citrus, the little citrus, yeah, you can cut them back. Um, and they'll they'll form a stouter uh you know skeleton if you will uh let's see here hi cheryl always enjoy your show you always have excellent timely information thank you so my question is this this freeze warning that's floating around out there they mention all these counties and various counties but they never mention the city of lakeway i can never find any data if we're just going to get the freeze or not i've got these new fabric plant coverings to use on my brand new just planted uh, plants within the last month. Stevens Holly plants. What are your thoughts? Should I cover them or not? Thank you. Stephen Lakeway. No, you do not need to cover holly. Hollies are, are very cold tolerant. Um, you know, if it, if it makes you feel better, I don't think it's going to get too cold. You're probably, it, you know, about like Georgetown outlying areas will get colder than central Austin, of course. Uh, but you're you're looking at barely, you know, like maybe 34 degrees. So don't worry about that. Uh, let's see here. What varieties of daffodils do you plant at your home? I do not have daffodils, but the ones that they plant in Georgetown, they have the daffodil festival. I think they're called King Alfred or something like that. Um, they have millions of them. They have this daffodil uh, festival. So... 
yeah, that's what I would probably go for. Okay, here's another one. Um, hi, I'm cleaning up my forest and it's got invasives like Nandina and Ligustrum to give me lots of exercise, but there's another one I can't identify that looks like a curry tree, but definitely is not with brilliant yellow-orange fall color. It seems to be hardy and spreading. What is it, native? I suspect not. Cal in Northwest Austin. It is native, you lucky dog. That's a uh, flame leaf sumac. And you're, you just leave that alone. Uh, let's see here. What are you talking about now, your favorite plant in the world? That was it's one of my favorites is Loropetalum, also known as Chinese French. Loro, L-O-R-O, petal, U-M. Uh, let's see here. Is it okay to fertilize trees that have become dormant, specifically a red oak, a crepe myrtle, and red buds? No, it is not okay to fertilize these trees. Um, typically, none of those is going to need fertilizing. Um, but if you are going to fertilize uh, the bloomers, the crepe and the red bud, you want to do it when the buds are forming in the spring first will be the red bud but they're native you know what i mean so uh, assuming you got a native red bud you don't need to fertilize it um, but it'll do its own thing right and same well crepe myrtles too they're very hardy and they should bloom without any fertilizer but if you needed to you could do one of those time release organic fertilizers that has the um for, meant for flowering things uh, let's see here. Weatherbug is a good weather app. Yeah, I've got the KXN weather app, and I like it a lot too, but Weatherbug, I've heard of that. So for the people in Lakeway or people that uh, might be able to get uh, localized information, I would think that would be the way to go. Okay, thank you guys so much. What a fun show today was, and thank you for clearing up my growling monster question on my in the trees above my deck the other night i think i'm going to decide it was probably it was either a raccoon or a chupacabra and i'll see y'all next sunday